Okay, it's great being with you again. Uh, thanks so much, you're welcome. And uh, Cheryl and I so enjoyed just being around you guys. It's great just being part, uh, part of your community, being welcomed in. And just, just want to say that as well, again, a huge thank you to everyone who helped uh, make yesterday happen. Obviously, it's a big day for us as father and mother of the bride. And, uh, and it was just so great to see Church Plant in action in terms of the serving, which was outstanding. It really was outstanding. So thank you for doing that. And, you know, as a church plant, you go through, you, you kind of go through different it, kind of stages, really. You know, there are certain milestones. And it's just reflecting on it. I think for you, this last year, or this year, I think even, or certainly last six months or so, you, you've had baptisms, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, over the last year, you've seen people saved, mm. and part of being with you, you've had baptisms, you've had your first wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And <laughs> you've now got the day after the wedding kind of feeling, or <laughs> kind, of <laughs> kind of goes with it. Okay. And, uh, but well done for being here this morning. Uh, I know some of you got to bed very, very late last night. But just, you know, just to really emphasise, I, I think God's put serving in you as a church plant. And that is part of the grace of God, actually. You know, that, that actually we serve. It's an outworking of grace. Uh, you know, we, we, we serve because Jesus served us. Yeah. And that's kind of the, 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 the throughput of grace. And it's just so great seeing it. So, well done. Cool. So we're in Isaiah 54, and uh, as Josh did, or Josh did at the beginning, and the welcome, uh, we, we did do a bit of a part one to this last week, uh, but don't worry if you're here just for this week, because hopefully it will still make sense. So Isaiah 54. Sing, barren woman who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labour. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and they will settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. Okay, so a little look at, you know, if you watch a drama series on the TV, you get the little kind of story so far. 
So a quick reminder of the story so far. This verse kind of, it lands you in a much bigger story that starts actually at the beginning of the Old Testament and goes right the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament. And really it's a story of the family of faith. It's a story that actually starts with Abraham and Sarah. And that's why you get this very kind of strong reference really to you know, to one who's barren, because that was Sarah. She couldn't have children. And yet, she was promised the biggest family on the planet. You know, which is quite remarkable. You know, the one who didn't... And, and actually, just to get the record straight as well, Abraham was past it, really. He was as good as dead. You know, she was unable. There's this very unpromising couple, and yet God gives them this remarkable promise of a big family. And it's called the family of faith. And it's rooted in the promises of God. And actually, the truth of the story is that Abraham and Sarah, they messed up a bit, a few times. But it happened, though, because God promised it. Because God's faithful. But actually, remarkably, that then feeds into an even bigger story, which is this, that into that... Abraham and Sarah's line, another one was born called the seed of Abraham, and his name is Jesus. And we read about that in the New Testament, and so we, in receiving Christ in our lives, we become part of this family of faith. So all these stories, suddenly we read, well, what's this Isaiah thing about, and who does it refer to, and what does it really mean? It speaks to us. And it basically is saying this, God wants a big family. That's why you're here as a church plant. God wants a growing family here in Gothenburg, in Sweden, in the nations. God wants a growing family of all nations, being family together, all ages. That's God's plan. What is God doing on the earth today is building family. And he does that by saving people, adding them to local church, helping them to grow in maturity and to become fruitful. But we say, but here we are, we're barren. We haven't got what it takes. We're past it. We can't do it in our strength. Yep, absolutely right. That's why this promise is so helpful. And that's why we can sing. <laughs> because it's about what God does, not about what we do. Okay? Big story. And then where we got to last week was this uh, phrase, fascinating phrase, it's enlarge, this place of the tent. In other words, enlarge a place where you're, kind of, you're living in, which represents home for you, that represents who you are. Stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And last week we just looked at this phrase stretching. What does that look like? And then we're going to look at uh, what it is to be, to be strengthened. But just before we do, just kind of don't miss that phrase. It says stretch your tent curtains wide. Okay? In other words, you're going to make... You're going to be stretched. You're going to be stretched in love. That's how family grows. You're going to be stretched in faith. 
You're going to be stretching prayer. You're going to be stretching, reaching out to people, perhaps that you wouldn't normally want to reach out to. You're going to be stretched in making new friends. That's what it means for us. Now, in church, it's not about buying a tent. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, after last week, Emil went on eBay, didn't yeah. you? He went, and you got already. You're waiting for this great big tent to arrive. You have to sell it now. Sorry, you're gonna sell it at a profit. But, okay, okay. So it's about who we are as people being stretched because church is now people. It's not building. It's not structure. Okay. But don't miss that phrase. It says this, do not hold back. <laughs> okay. okay, so God's saying, stretch. And he also says, don't hold back. There's something in all of us that wants to hold back. Because the reality is, sometimes we prefer our comfort. We quite like things as they are. Let's forget about enlarging the tent. Let's just redecorate it. <laughs> okay? Well, let's get some new furniture in. Let's rearrange it a bit. No, stretching. Sometimes we prefer our own comfort, and that holds us back. Sometimes our pride hold us back. There might be a fear of failing. There's a risk to kind of stretching out. There's a risk to loving people, new people. There's a risk to making new friends. There's a risk to praying in faith. God, we're believing you for this. And there's a sense when you put your faith on the line, there's not a risk because God's faithful, but there is a risk because you're stepping out in faith. Self-centeredness can hold us back. We live in times where, I would say it's unprecedented, but there's so much that feeds the cult of self. Me. And we can even make church about me. How it makes me feel. How it kind of, we judge it just by its effect on me, rather than seeing we're part of something together. It's so important we understand this. Shame. I just literally wrote this down. Just in worship, felt just God dropped this in my heart. But it goes on to talk about, you will forget the shame of your youth. Sometimes there's things that's happened to us either by other people or things we have done ourselves in our past that has resulted in shame. And where that leaves us is this. It leaves us, dis we feel disqualified. And so God's saying, enlarge, yes, stretch. You think, yeah, 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 but not me. Not me. Because you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know my history. That's the very point. Jesus does know your history. <laughs> That's what this whole part of this section is saying. It's fantastic. He says this, look, look, I, I, I know 
you know, the reproach you've carried. I know the shame you've had there, but don't hold back. It's a new day. Don't hold back. Lengthen and strengthen. Lengthen and strengthen. So those two things together. And I did a dangerous thing last week by just focusing on one when actually you should really focus on them together. You need to hold these two things together. It's stretch and strengthen. Stretch and strengthen. You can kind of get fit this way, can't you? Okay, kind of, okay all stand up and follow me with the actions. Okay, stretch and strengthen. But, but it's so important we do both. It's critical we do both. And it may be, you know, it, that, that kind of, we're all wired differently. So some of you who would think, you, you, you love to stretch out. You, you kind of have got that in you. It's probably your gift. Some of you will be more evangelistic. You want to make new friends. You want, that's how you're wired. But you kind of think, oh, yeah, but we kind of, let's just get out there. Let's just do this stuff out there. And there's others of you who think, okay, let's build deep. Let's go deep. Let's build strong. Okay. Go, go strong. Okay. Let's go strong. Okay. It's all that care for people. We haven't gone deep enough before we can stretch. Okay. We go deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay. Biblically, both are right. And the key is to get both together. And that's what a healthy church looks like. At times, we strengthen. I like, it's been fascinating driving, <laughs> driving. Uh, on the wrong side of the road for me, around Gothenburg recently, uh, this last week, and driving through by all the constructions everywhere, isn't it? It's just happening, it's just buildings, whatever. And most of your construction sites, I don't know if you noticed, I've got these huge, uh, in English we call it pile drivers. I don't know what you call it, it's kind of great big... Cranes. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of... Boom, boom. Yeah, it's the stuff that puts the... Uh, all I can do is mime it. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now you got it. Yeah. Okay. Shall I mime the rest of the sermon? Okay. Okay. But Emma, keep your way. We're going to mime everything now. Okay. And but there's that sense of you know if you build up, you've got to go deep. If you build out, you've got to go deep. You've got to build. Boom. Boom. You, that, that, every time you see one of those, let it speak to you about foundations here in God first. But why are those foundations important? Because what God wants to build on it. Yeah, yeah. Strengthen. And it says, be, and, 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 and strengthen, the phrase to get hold of from this, is be strong. Be strong. And then you kind of think, hold on, well, but we're weak, can't we? That's where this whole thing started. Parent, I can't do this, I can't produce anything. And yet God's saying, kind of strengthen your stakes. Just to highlight literally a couple of scriptures from the New Testament. But in 2 Timothy, you can read this. Paul writes to Timothy. In fact, it's the last letter that Paul writes. And he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. By that time, Timothy was leading a significant church in Ephesus. He was facing all the challenges of a big growing a significant church in a significant place. And Paul, kind of from his prison cell, uh, for, actually prison hole in the ground, actually uh, dictates this letter to him. He says, be strong, what in? In yourself? No. 
in grace. It's just so thrilled by the, just the worship where kind of, there's just such a sense of grace in there. We never graduate beyond grace. Grace doesn't just get us in the door and then, okay, now what does life in the church look like? You know, it's not, okay, well, you do this, you don't do this, you do that, you don't do that. That's what a lot of folks can think as Christians. Okay, grace gets you in, and then we must do this, we've got to do that. Can't do that, can't go there, mustn't do that, and whatever, don't do that. And whatever you do, don't dance at wedding parties. Okay? Uh, Whoops. (laughs) Magnificent dancing, by the way. I'd like to crown you as chief, you know. Okay, you led in moves we've never seen before. Uh, never but, again. <laughs> never again, you couldn't repeat them either. Do you remember them? Yeah. But listen, it's grace. You, how do we grow? How do we grow in Christ? By grace. And we've got to get, remember that word I've now given you, you've all learned a new English word, the pile driver, okay? let grace go deep, deep, deep. And if you ever think, oh, we've heard enough about grace here, what else should we hear about? Okay, that's at the very moment you need another... There's no other. It's it's what we have in Christ. It's the new covenant. It's what every promise is based on is the grace of God. It's grace that brings us into the family of God that is grace that enables us to grow in maturity in the family of God. And it's grace that helps us. It helps us to overcome, to say no to sin and to grow, to be like Christ. It's all about grace, freely given us. <laughs> and Isaiah 55 tells you that story again where it got this remarkable phrase. Come, buy water, buy food but you've got no money. In other words, it's grace. Drink and eat of what God wants to give you because it's freely given. Wonderful. Be strong in the grace. Be strong in Ephesians 6. You can read this. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, so you read through Ephesians, this wonderful letter. In fact, Josh read from it earlier. And it just speaks about everything Christ has done for us. What we were, dead in sin, now what we are, raised with him in Christ in heavenly places. goes on and on and on. And then it kind of builds actually to a climax. And it says this, oh, by the way, you're in a battle. That's life. By the way, it's a battle. So be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So when we read these phrases, strengthen your stakes, what does that do? It's kind of to propel us into these New Testament truths of how we can be strong. It's because of grace, and it's because of the Lord, and it's because of his mighty power. We can be strong. We can access. It's amazing, isn't it? We can be weak. We can be tired. We can be kind of... Life can be tough, but we can access his grace and we have Christ in us that enables us. 
sometimes in the midst, often in the midst of our weakness, it's not like we can walk around feeling super strong. Somehow in our weakness, God manifests his strength. It's amazing. Stretch and strengthen, belong together. God's calling you as a church, as individuals, together, as a community, to reach out and to be strengthened. Lengthen, strengthen, lengthen, strengthen. Why? He's building. God wants a big family. And then you've just got this other promise. Remember, we kind of, there's a little pattern to this set, section we've looked at. It's promise, instruction, promise, instruction, promise, instruction. Everything God instructs us to do is based on his promises. And you've got this. For you will spread out, in verse 3, you will spread out. Okay, so he's told them to stretch out. Now he's saying, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. People and places will be transformed because of what God is doing in your life. People and places will be transformed by what God is doing in your life. It's not just we take ground, but cities will be dispossessed. Something will happen. Something will change. And it's almost like by cities being dispossessed, what that would mean, again in New Testament terms, is the kingdom of God comes. There's a new king in town. And that's what you and I are called to. So in this room, we're, uh, you know, we're from different nations, we're, you know, most of you live here, some of you are visiting, but we all represent Different kind of spheres of activity, different spheres of life. Some of you are in school, some of you are in offices, some of you are, uh, are, are at home, some of you are all sorts of places. And somehow, what God calls you to in that place is to see his kingdom come. People and places impacted by the grace of God. That's what this promise is there. You will, you will spread out. This is actually the promise of the Spirit, that as God fills us, so he'll impact Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth through us. We will spread out. And then just another instruction. Remember, promise instruction, promise instruction, going all the way through. Okay, instruction, do not be afraid. Just note that one. Do not be afraid. We can either hold back or we can be fearful. Okay. okay. I didn't just love the Bible. People haven't changed, have they? They really haven't changed. We don't read this and think, it's a strange race of people that lived in those days. They struggled with fear. What's fear? I must Google that when I get home. Yeah. Who here has battles with fear? Okay, us first up, by the way. Okay? Okay, the rest of you didn't put your hand up, so you're battling with lying. Okay? okay? Fear, fear, it comes in so many shapes and sizes, isn't it? Fear of failure, fear of man, fear of this, fear of that, and, you know, 
Even, you know, as Chloe, the bride, was getting ready, you know, hair was being done in the kitchen yesterday, there was the fear of spiders manifest. <laughs> there was a spider in the kitchen, and all panic broke out. But, listen, fear comes in all sorts of ways. It robs us. It holds us back. It stops us entering into what God wants us to do. It kind of binds us. It actually blinds us to seeing Jesus in the situation. That's a problem that the Israelites had. You know, that's why they didn't enter the land and enlarge the place of tent and, tent and stretch out. Way back under Moses' leadership. That's why they didn't do it. Because they, they kind of saw the lads. Yeah, great. Love it. But there's giants there. Mm-mm. Fear held them back. What's the answer to fear? Listen, I'm going to finish. The answer to fear is by knowing God. You see, you, we don't overcome fear by some sort of inner journey. I must not fear, I must not fear, I must not be afraid, I must not be afraid. You know, silly example, take that spider, yes, I must not be afraid of spider. What do you think about it? You just think about spiders. Okay? Whatever your fear is, if you try not to be, you're focusing on the fear, and guess what happens? The fear gets bigger. Yeah, the tiny little spider becomes a tarantula. <laughs> How do we overcome fear? It's here in Isaiah 54. It says this For your maker, your, I love this, for your maker is your husband. It's phenomenal. Okay, who is God? He's your maker. He's your maker. He made you. Okay? He also made heaven. He made earth. He made the planets. He made the stars. He made everything else. He made the microbes. You name it. He made it all. But he made you. He's your maker. He created you. Our God's a creator. God. That's why he can say, you know, you who haven't got what it takes... Sing, because you're going to be fruitful. Why? Because God creates. He makes things happen. He's our maker. At then, but he's our husband. This is a real kind of wedding weekend preach, isn't it? I got this one right, didn't I? <laughs> the Lord intended it. He's our husband. So, our maker... Talks about all his creativity and his power and his authority. This is this is how we deal with fear. God's our creator. He's made everything. He rules over everything. <laughs> He's a big, big God. Okay. Oh, and also, He's our husband. He loves us passionately. He knows us intimately. He's committed to us forever. He's a faithful husband. It's not just we stand back at the wonder of this created God. It's actually we can step into the closeness of his presence right now. 
and experience his love. Oh, but it goes on to say, our Redeemer, the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, our Redeemer, he saves us. He redeems us. He puts us right with God, the Father. He does it. He's our Redeemer. Oh, and just as a little P.S., he is called, <laughs> what's he called? The God of all the earth. <laughs> How do we, I mean, what, phenomenal. Minor detail. I just, yeah, exactly. It's a little minor detail there on the end. P.S., God, God of all the earth. <laughs> For this is God. This is who we worship. Magnificent. Do not fear. What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? Yeah, you've done stuff that's disqualified you. We've all had. But you will forget that shame. You've got a husband who's chosen you. You've got a maker who's created. You've got a redeemer who saves. Oh, and also is God of all the earth. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And it's because of him his family can grow. That's why we're here. It's to love our Jesus and to be stretched and strengthened in his ways. And as we do, his kingdom will come. And other people will find there's a new king in town. It's what Gothenburg needs. It's what England needs. It's what wherever you live needs. It's what New York needs the church in New York preaching it, this message there's a new king in town he's God of all the earth let's worship him shall we let's worship him this whole section started with sing burst into song we're going to worship him and that's our first response to him but I, I do believe I don't find out how you do this, so you're going to have to help me, Josh, but I do believe there's just some people here God's put his finger on. I, I feel particularly in terms of shame that kind of something there is still holding you back and God wants to break it. Break it now. He wants to break it. You can walk free of it. Why? It's his grace. And there'll be this fear that almost God wants to break the power of. It doesn't mean you'll never fear, feel or think that fear again. I battle with fears all the time. But the power of it can be broken. He snapped. Let's worship together, shall we? Stand, worship him. <laughs>